Good morning, everyone. In a good OIC spirit, let us rise and read the text for today, which is Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. Let us rise and read the text. Apostle Paul writes to the Galatians like this. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your, own, your, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing. One thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you have heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it is really for nothing? Does God give, give, you his spirit, give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you have heard? Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who doesn't continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, those, the man who does not does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who, who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may see. I know it is very tempting in a sunny day like this, in an autumn in Oslo, people would rather be outside, would rather enjoy the last part of this sunny day before it gets darker and colder. But my friends, it's always a joy to take part in the assembly of saints like this, to praise God, our maker and our father, as we sang, blessed be his name, for his goodness, his mercies, his great love we have also received. Consider the very life we have received the gift of life that we have received, the fresh air we breathe, the food we nourish, family and friends, the forgiveness of sins that we have received, and the great promise that God will hear us whenever we pray, whenever we turn to him in search for help. And of course, not least, the promise of the eternal life that we have received. All this is the goodness of God for which we praise his name. When we say, Blessed be his name, it is not without reason. We have all these reasons to praise God. 
Our God is, of course, good. And indeed, his ordinances for our life is also good. It is God's will that we work to earn a living. We protect and administer this God-given planet carefully. And we get time to rest. It is God who fills our hearts with joy, with love and with longing, with abilities to communicate, to relate, to find enjoyment in varieties of ways. And that's why this life with God, as God ordained it, is such a wonderful gift of God that we have received. And therefore, every Sunday we gather here in response, in response to his goodness, in response to the ordinances that he has endowed our life with, for the mercies, for the grace that we have received, we come here to thank God in gratitude, in songs of praise and worship, to glorify his name and to rejoice in the salvation we have received. Even in the midst of wars and woes, in the troubled time like ours, with painful and tragic news all around us, even with our own small and big, personal or private or professional or family struggles, even in the midst of all of this, we come here and we say, praise the name of the Lord. We make a pause to catch a breath, to pray, to connect with God, and to connect with his fellow brothers and sisters. And we listen to the holy word of God, we fellowship with pilgrims in faith. That is our story. This is our life. You know, as people of our age, as people of our days and our lives, we must remember that our life is so much surrounded with all the troubles of this life, all the cares of this life. It could easily entangle us that we forget the spiritual dimensions of our lives. And I think, and I must say, it is a wise choice to prioritize, to come here and sit and listen to the word of God, even though in the outside it is so tempting. Because this is the right choice and this is the best choice. If not, we risk, if we reduce life into all that things around us tells us, we risk letting our life be choked by worldly affairs. Because there is a lot that is going on around us. There is all the time things happening. This world is telling us, you need this, you need that. Your life will be better if you have this or that. We are daily bombarded with the advertisement of consumption. And that is what we are saying no to when we sit down and want to listen, want to connect with God, and want to connect with each other. This is a way of renewing our life every Sunday. I do hope you will continue to make this wise choice all the days of your life. When we make that choice and come to God, it is a wise choice, which stands in contrast with the text that we are reading today. Today we are reading Galatians who have made a foolish choice. Forgetting that a spiritual life is tempted, not only from the outside, but also from the inside. The Galatians started with the gospel that they have received from Apostle Paul and turned to the, gospel, the law that they have heard or they known from before. If you read in the book of 
the Acts of Apostles. You read that Apostle Paul traveled to this region of Phrygia and Galatia where he preached the gospel. The preaching of the gospel brought into that there was a church that was established, including both the Jews and Gentiles. As Paul writes in his epistle, Galatians, epistle chapter 4, verses 14, Paul refers that he preached to this congregation even while he was suffering and while he was in pain. And the people there received the gospel with all their passion, that they were even willing to give their own eyes if there was possible to give it. So they, they received this gospel with all the passion. They started it with so promising ways. But as we read in this epistle, Paul is so much astonished. Astonished that they have abandoned all that they have started with and are now turning to this temptation in the days of Paul. You remember in the first, the first generation, Christians were often tempted. As you recall, that this Christian way is started among the Jews. So many of the people who have heard the gospel, first they were Jews. That's why Paul writes first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. One of the things that Jews were often tempted with was that they turned to the old ways of the law, abandoning the ways of the grace that Jesus has introduced. In this gospel, in this text of today, we read that the Galatians, who have started, who have turned away from the law to find salvation through and only through Jesus Christ, now they are turning back to the law where they started to obey the law, forgetting that their life and their salvation is brought about by the grace of God. Paul is astonished, both in Galatians 1 where he writes, who fooled you, who bewitched you? I am so much astonished that you have abandoned all that you have started. These people have, Paul uses three or four arguments. You have seen a lot. You have suffered for this gospel yourselves. You have seen miracles and wonders. You have received the Holy Spirit. You have been connected to Father Abraham by faith. And now you are abandoning all those grounds as we are trying to abandon Christ and turn to this obeying of the law. It will be important for me to mention that when Paul writes this about the law in a strong words like this, you must remember that it is to the Jewish audience he is addressing because they know the law, because they have put so much faith and trust in the law that Paul is using such a strong word so that it stands in contrast. Otherwise, Paul in other letters, he writes, the law is an expression of an intention of God and therefore it is holy. There is no reason for us to despise the law of God. The law of God is holy in its intention. It is an expression of God's will for us. Yet, it will not bring us to salvation. That is the point. In correcting Galatians, Paul writes his usual argument, renewing the, the, the foundation of their faith. That is the grace of God that is made possible through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus Christ who suffered on the cross, who, were, who was hung on the cross in order for their, for their life to be re redeemed. What happened on the cross is the biggest mystery. What happened on the cross is the plan of God 
to save the entire humanity for whom the only way of salvation, the only way of restoration, the only way of bringing back to the intention of God that was made public through the promise to Father Abraham was through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. That is why always we turn back to this cross where we find our lives, our identity, our faith, our salvation being renewed every time we turn to the cross of Christ. It was the cross of Christ that made possible for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Receiving the Holy Spirit means receiving the joy, heavenly joy, receiving a comfort, receiving guidance, receiving a guidance that leads to eternal life. This is what they have received because it was made possible through the death of Jesus Christ. He reminds also that they received signs and wonders and miracles through or because of Jesus Christ. Remember, first century Christianity is not just that something that people bubble and bubble and go home. It was a Christianity manifest through miracles, signs and wonders. I sometimes envy what has happened to Christian church today, that signs and wonders are less to be seen. But it was for common for the days of Jesus. And I don't think God is unable to do miracles, but maybe that we have failed to understand the miracle-working power that should be at work in us and with us. Paul writes, he reminds them that they received miracles. They received miracles of healings, healings from sicknesses, Deliverance from captivities. That is the stories. That, those are the stories we read in the Gospels. He also draws Father Abraham. Father Abraham, who is the archetype of believers. For all who come to God in faith, trusting God's grace, Father Abraham became a symbol of believing, symbol of faith. That is how the Galatians started, but now they have abandoned all of that, and now they are trying to obey the law, and that by obeying the law, they think that they will be able to secure their salvation. And Apostle Paul says, that is a foolish way. That is a foolish way. That is, that is some kind of bewitchment that has sort of misled them. They have made a, a failed judgment in, in, in turning to the law, which will not Save them. It was the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ that brought a means of salvation, a means of reception of the Holy Spirit. Friends, when I read this story of Paul, this letter of Paul to the Galatians, who were, who were fooled, who were bewitched, who were deceived to quickly abandon the grace of God and turn to the workers of law, I wonder and I ask myself, what would this say to us today? I, I start to wonder, in what ways, in what ways do our situation of today relate to this story of Galatians? I hardly believe that there are people amongst us who think that by observing and obeying the law, they will please God. I haven't seen people who dare to come forward and to say, I have obeyed the law of God and there is no iniquity in me. I think we all probably agree that we are all sinners and we need God's grace. 
I don't think there is so much of this Judaic temptation in our setting of today. But it seems there are other kinds of troubles, other kinds of ways that we are being fooled, we too. We may not be switching back to observing the law, but in our days, there are other ways of being fooled. Our world around us, the philosophies, the knowledge, the, the power, and all of that is somehow appealing to our conscience, whereby I find our age being so deceptive that it takes, it takes our attention and divides our attention to the extent that we fail to pay due attention to the gospel. We fail to grasp the meaning of the salvation that we have received in Jesus Christ. The gospel becomes so less powerful with us, among us. Gospel being ignored, put, pushed to the side, not taken so seriously, or it is taken with some kind of indifference and apathy. We, we live in an age and time where it looks like the Christian faith has become neither cold nor hot. We live in this lukewarm state like the church in Laodicea. Although we may do all the rituals, attend the churches, perform the things, it seems yet we also live in a state of spiritual slumber as Paul writes in Romans chapter 13. We may have some forms of godliness. We may have some forms of outward spiritualities. But the power of the gospel is yet to be seen or displayed. At times we look like that we are always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. As Paul writes, in the last days there will come a time where people have some form of godliness but deny it is power. Or people will continue learn, 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 but never come to the fullness and knowledge of truth that they experience the faith in their daily life. I think Apostle Paul's strong words to Galatians, where he says, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you, those were strong words. They're not just light words. The power was using very harsh words. I think such words should shake us, should awaken us to examine our attitude when it comes to matters of faith. We live in an age and time where we can combine a little bit of spirituality, a little bit of this worldliness, where we could combine all the sort of convenient attention or participation in these worldly values and add some elements of Christian faith. But Jesus would rather have us fully and wholly to himself and himself alone. We cannot combine a bit of law and a bit of grace. I'm hoping that what happened to Galatians, their foolish choice, their misjudgment, serves as a warning for us. Warning us that we do not turn away from the grace of God and begin to trust our own ability to do the works of the law to secure our salvation. Rather, it's rather 
warns us that we should stick to Jesus and Jesus alone and do that with all attention and all passion. Friends, I find these words of Paul calling us, ringing an alarm on our heads, calling us to take our faith with utmost seriousness so that the power of the gospel should manifest itself in our lives, in our daily life, in our choices, in our whatever we do in our daily life. Remember, this faith that we have received is a treasure. This gospel that we have received is a treasure. You remember Jesus once spoke about the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 13 where he uses different examples. One of the examples which I want to use as a reminder for us is the, 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 the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Then in his joy he went and sold all he had and brought that, bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of the great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. Friends, let the foolishness of Galatians warn us so that we don't take our faith so lightly. Rather, take the, take the words of Jesus that we have received this treasure and this treasure has to be kept with the value it bears. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord may make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.